Liftoff will start in T minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We have ignition. Ahoy there, mateys. It's time to set sail on another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening. Of course, this isn't going to be a regular episode of Unconstitutional Awakening. This is part one of our next big divulge. You know, you guys enjoyed First Lightning and uh, Project Defender so much that we've decided to do another extended episode. And this this go around, Tristan and uh, Morpheus were kind of the, the the pushers behind the idea. And, you know, we're, we're, we're going to try to tackle and put everything together to a point that gives you a historical chronological order of these things and shows you how things that started back in the thirties have led up to like a lot of the stuff today with like blue beam and stuff like that, you know? So, you know, you guys strap in cause we're going to, we're going to start here in the, in the first halves of it. And of course I've got Luis joining us for this episode. Hopefully he'll be here throughout the whole thing. You guys, you guys all know how I feel about Luis and he's got great perspective on a lot of things. And I thought this would be a good conversation to include him in. First of all, I appreciate all you guys joining us this evening. I appreciate everybody out there in BitChute, Rumble, Odyssey, checking us out visually, and everybody across the globe that's listening to us on every podcast app that we're available on because it just keeps growing and growing. I think we're up to uh, 16 or 17 audio apps now. So that, you know, that's a fantastic thing I'm finding here. So, but, you know, think about it. UFOs, alien bodies, underground bunkers that house flying saucers, both alien and man-made. These are usually the first things that come to mind when you think of like Area 51. But that's the not so secret military base located in Nevada. And, you know, we, we all kind of know about that. And it's gained mythological status in pop culture as a facility and has been featured in many numerous books and television series and so forth. But where does the fiction end and the facts begin? Well, in that case, I, I figured we have to go all the way back to around 1939, about 62 miles north of Los Angeles in the city of Palomade, California, which lies one of the most secretive aircraft design production centers in the world, which is Lockheed Martin's Advanced Development Program. And from this location, some of the most famous important military aircrafts of the 20th and 21st centuries have been created, and they're still working on them today. So, you, you know, first, first thing you're going to ask is, well, what does this have to do with any of it? Well, Lockheed Martin and stuff in the 30s, they started this whole thing that actually didn't go official until I think 42. But the first flights that they started doing were in 1939 from this location. And this is the stuff that actually led to a group called Skunk Works, which is exactly what we're going to divulge into today. And so before I get rambling and sounding like a nut job, I'd like to turn this over to uh, Neptune because Skunk Works is definitely something he's been researching a lot. So let's go on with it, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Jimmy. So it's no secret Lockheed was really the first major military defense contractor that represented the U.S. and most of the uh, of the first world today. And uh, 
you know, a lot of their research with aircraft came in very advanced designs that were foreign to, I think, most of the world back then. A lot of the designs and the principles that drove those today still seem alien to me in a lot of ways. Uh, and I, I say this with the thought in mind that of all of the major defense contractors, Lockheed, uh, Boeing, Douglas Aircraft, Grumman, Lockheed has gotten a lot of deference from the government and a lot of money in what are known as black budgets for classified research projects. And so there's been speculation and obviously Area 51's existence was denied by the Air Force for a very long time. It's not the only uh, test facility in the Nevada test range, though. Now, it's important to point that out because so leading up to the time that Skunk Works was officially founded, uh, they had developed for the U.S. military as part of World War II and our attempts to try to jump that technology forward, especially considering there was not a, there was not a lot of, a, a large body of research on fan jet and turbojet engines at that time. Two people, one gentleman from, from England that I cannot remember his name right now, and uh, Hans von Ohain, I believe is his name, were the, the two men who applied for research patents on turbojet engines. And as we know, uh, Germany Clarence, was the Clarence Kelly Johnson. Yes. Clarence Kelly Johnson, founder of Skunk Works, was the most man directly responsible for a lot of the advanced research that went into jet powered aircraft during the Second World War. And as a part of that, uh, we didn't have a large body of, of information at the time. And considering that the only knowledge we did have was what Nazi Germany had developed, the Messerschmitt 262 aircraft. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of that technology at that time propelled our current understanding and research forward. The question is, is how did we come, uh, how did we get to the point of really developing that research? Because jet-powered aircraft is such a departure from con conventional combustion engine technology that that grew up in the early in the early part of the 20th century to me it is it is still not of this world in a lot of ways i don't think the, the, the designs that including like let's say referring a little ahead toward ufo sightings that have been previously dismissed or thrown under the rug we see those and we wonder okay what came first the chicken or the egg this came from somewhere. How did we get to the point of, uh, of, of developing that aircraft to be able to combat that? How did Germany get their hands on that technology before anyone else really had even an understanding of it? But then Lockheed gets there's their a, funding for the, a, P8, a, for the P80 program. Here's yeah, an interesting tidbit of information actually about Lockheed and some of their advancements dealing with with Nazi Germany, actually. There is actually stuff showing that there were, um, you know, like German, like some of the German bombers and such that were coming out. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just seen what you sent me, Louise, too. But there was, uh, 
Lockheed actually had these kind of deals with Nazi Germany before Nazi Germany was a problem for the rest of the country or the rest of the world, I should say. Yeah, and I'd like to jump That's in. That's new to me. Like, yeah. The jet engine is not only out of this world, but some of their current projects that they've, they're have they real famous for, like the SR-71, and now they're working Ram on jets. the SR-72, um, are, you know, hypersonic. And, you know, pr- previously, the fastest flying aircraft was the SR-71 at 3.3, Mach 3.3. So now they're going to be able to go Mach 6. And so it makes you question if a lot of the UFOs that people actually see are just, in fact, these, or did they shoot down some of these to reverse engineer them? You know, it's, it's hard to, to differentiate between an actual UFO sighting and what could be a black budget military project. I agree. And I think in a lot of cases for black budgets, I think a lot of it circles around to reverse engineering either existing technology that was built by someone else using Germany in this example, obviously, Luis, thank you for pointing out the Horton 229. I hadn't thought about that aircraft in a very long time, but you can see the, the very foundation of the B2 bomber program in that aircraft. And that two and the Horton 229 was the aircraft that was meant to deliver the American bomber program. Uh, had Germany been able to move forward with a bomber program to attack the U.S. mainland, the 229 was the aircraft to deliver it, which is terrifying. Uh, and it was not a large leap between the 229 and the B2 program. Uh, that's, and, you know, more than that, one thing that really got me thinking is our, our advancements in, in radar stuff really gets me really gets me thinking about how did we manage to come to uh, these conclusions um, functionally in the short period of time that it took us when we're now what 60 almost 60 years removed from uh, from the NASA from the from the rocket program yet we're so slow so what really what really makes me wonder about the development here, uh, just curious on your guys' thoughts, uh, how we've slowed down in a lot of research. And I'll give you a perfect example of why I mentioned that right now. The F-35 Lightning program was in development hell for years. Why did it take over 20 years, and I can't even remember the final figure, over $100 billion dollars, in research costs to I think it's way more than that. <laughs> it probably is. I'm I am probably way off on that figure. But how did it how did it sit in development hell for so long? Are we running short of meaningful reverse engineering that we can't 1. 5 to- trillion. 1.5 trillion. Yeah, yeah. or you know <laughs> perhaps, a lot of money. um right the segue back to you know UFO, uh, some UFO sightings possibly being black yep. budget. Um, maybe they kind of sit in purgatory for a while because they're running, you know, thousands of small ops using the the aircraft um, as a cover. Scenarios and yep. trying to 
see if you know they can defeat different types of like radar systems and whatnot i'm not a military expert but you know i i think that could be a possibility well there's corruption there's corruption that's one there's so a lot of people just stealing the money but you could also see that there's a possibility because these budgets have gone out, out of control that it could be that they're using part of those budgets to do other things and then they just say, oh, yeah, we're working on this, but really they're working on something else. I mean, that could better, very well explain this other than they're just stealing the money. Yeah, I don't the think bu- they're doing that. Right. I don't the, think the, they're in it for the money. I think they're truly in it for the tech because, w- you know, with that, you know, light, as Tristan said, light years ahead of other dimensions of human technology I mean, that that pretty much is infinite wealth, right? Yeah, and I think there's an element to both, though, because obviously corporations are still going to look out for their bottom line. So at the end, more money in their pocket, the happier they are, right? That's the military-industrial complex in, in yeah. a nutshell. Absolutely. And I think that gives them a daunting amount of not just power but control over the government. What oh. really gets me especially with the development of the test ranges is while we, while the air force now acknowledges area 51 is real and it is a thing. And obviously they have pretty much all of the Sierra Nevada, uh, basically as a giant adult military playground, you know, how is it that what really gets me is from scope works development division, they will send their engineers, their contractors will be sent on private flights where we have obviously no visibility over. They will send them directly to these sites where they're expected to keep their mouth shut, not even tell so much as their wives what they're working on. So how do you, how do you, I don't know what the larger implication is of basically expecting these men to live their whole lives in an underground bunker like that, right? Sure. Under the threat of probably getting shot if they, utter a word to anyone right because obviously everyone is curious what are they actually researching at area 51 and now that the 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 notion of it is out i think it's worth probably addressing uh area 52 it's also on the test range uh it's it's another location it's supposedly just as secretive if not more than area 51 there have been test flights conducted on aircraft the, they acknowledge the F-35 Lightning program was tested out there. Uh, the very first spy plane that uh, the that was built for the U.S. the uh, what is it the the U-2 spy okay. plane I believe it's right. called. Yeah. Let me let me let me let me let me before we get to the U-2 because I did want to back up a little bit because you're talking about like the you know like the developments and stuff. So I would like to touch on that real quick. You yeah. go you go back to to the to the official reasons. I guess when you're looking at how the United States turned to Lockheed for Lockheed Martin for help and, you know, developed the skunk works project was there was the mere, what was it? The Meerschaut Me 262 was the mm-hmm. world's first, uh, you know, fighter jet that was created yeah. by the Germans. And so be prior to 1943, this is back in like the 1939 kind of time when the United States army was like, Hey, you know, we need something developed for us. And within 
what is it the exact thing let me look real quick i want to get the exact thing so they created there we go the 80 program the p30 the p38 lightning mm-hmm. and they took their engineers from that like that were working on other stuff and put them specifically on that and made it a you know like a no talk kind of thing and they worked on creating that and you know creating the super fast thing which ended up going to 143 days later which is the xp80 shooting star mm-hmm. and like you know if you if, if you know anything like this is it, at the, for the time like this is like manning a rocket you know what i'm saying yeah. like when you when you're when you're going yeah. from you know planes on a propeller that you can physically drop bombs out of in world war one with your hand to something that's moving at the speed of sound like I, I think, you know that's 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 a major technological advance in a yeah it's it's like a small amount of time it's like a it's like a world of difference as uh, neptune said it like there it, it's literally out of this world and the i i am a firm believer and i know we're going to get more into it later after we talk about skunk works but i i am a firm believer that most of our best military tech is reversed engineered otherworldly technology, whether it's via AI or direct craft reverse re-engineering, you know, reverse engineering. Um, there's a lot of reason to believe that because as they both, Jimmy and Neptune have both pointed out, they're from World War One to World War Two to now, I mean, there is thousands of years in advancement in those short periods of time relatively for humans and see i and then of course you guys know how i feel i i feel that history has been completely fabricated and yes and so anything prior to world war ii because i think world war ii was erasing of a lot of prehistory i again believe there's nothing new i believe there's nothing new under the sun and that this technology was already here and just hidden until a time that it could be profited off of and, you know, handed, handed down or handed to individuals at, you know, like Kelly Johnson, for example, or, you know, Clarence Kelly Johnson, for example, to forefront this stuff, you know, like the technology, he's like, he's like, here, here's this cool technology that we totally have already had for thousands of years, <laughs> right. you know, hundreds, you know, but, but it's brand new. You know, we've we've erased th- thanks to things like the Civil War and World War One. We've erased so many people that understand the concept of this technology that we're the only ones that know it and understand it. And you're just some young buck. So here you go. We want you to figure it out. Like I, 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 I truly think that you know, there's this stuff that we're seeing brought out today was totally here before any of our great great grandparents even set foot over I'm, here on this this side of the world to begin with i don't think you're wrong like and i'm not religious and i know you're not but i know that you're also educated on the subject you know in like the ancient indian religions like from the subcontinent of india and which are not supposed to be like fables where they just said they were writing writing down what they saw i mean there is wars with high high-tech weaponry in the air, sonic weapons. Like, so I don't think any of this is new either. I'm with you. I think that it's, we're reverse engineering tech that's not new, but it's been suppressed until it can be used for profit, as you said, or for power. And I think they also, 
know that there's real aliens, there's real other life in the universe. And they know that smart people get that. So they use aliens to cover black budget shit they don't want enemies to necessarily give any credence to. Like, uh, it's, yeah, it was aliens. Yep, that was totally aliens, guys. Yeah, 100% aliens unexplainable. I mean, what, what if all the TikTok videos... Out? What if the TikTok videos is an example of that? Um, the Blackbird. And I got a video of the a video of the current project that Lockheed yeah. has been working on uh, with Skunk Works, the SR-72. It's really short and it's a it's it's from Military Times. It's an official Lockheed uh, promo video. And what you're going to notice in this is that it looks all there's tons of different types of crap that get reported. But one of the most common ones is the triangular craft. Look at this plane and tell me it's not the same thing. It's the same thing. I feel like this is probably what I've seen the most when I thought I've seen a UFO in the Southwest United States. Everything we know about the State Route 72, imagine a future crisis somewhere in Europe or Asia, and the United States getting an intelligence-gathering aircraft overhead of the site in an hour and a half. It could become a reality in very short order, as the US premier aeronautics engineers are making it happen. The Lockheed Martin State Route 72 also known as the Son of Blackbird, is the United States hypersonic unmanned aerial vehicle UAV, concept that is expected to have the capability to perform high-speed intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance ISR, as well as strike operations. The aircraft is being developed under Lockheed Martin's Skunk Works or Advanced Development Programs. About 85% of the work done there is classified by the government. State Route 72 Son of Blackbird carries the name of its famous father. This next-generation aircraft is expected to be the highly anticipated successor to Lockheed Martin State Route 71 Blackbird, which retired from service in United States Air Force in 1998. The legendary Blackbird could fly on the edge of space with a ceiling of 85,000 feet. The State Route 71 also owns the speed record for aircraft with an incredible speed of Mach 3.3 or 2,193.7 miles per hour, which was over 500 miles per hour faster than any Russian-slash-Soviet aircraft, and was set in 1976. The Blackbird, by flying so high and so fast was able to outrun missiles, even if the enemy had a radar lock. There have been more than 4,000 air-to-air missiles fired at the State Route 71 without hitting it. The Blackbird was the pinnacle of America's Cold War dominance in aeronautical engineering. Since being retired in 1998, the company had made several attempts to create a worthy successor to the State Route 71, but has been unable to do, until now. Back in 2018, Lockheed Vice President Jack O'Banion spoke at an event and stated that the leaps made in hypersonic technology would put a hypersonic aircraft in the hands of our warfighters soon. We couldn't have made the engine itself it would have melted down into slag if we had tried to produce it five years ago, O'Banion said. But now we can digitally print that engine with an incredibly sophisticated cooling system integral into the material of the engine itself and have that engine survive for multiple firings for routine operation. The State Route 72 will be the fastest aircraft in the world. 
Although the original Blackbird was an unarmed reconnaissance aircraft, the State Route 72 will reportedly support Lockheed Martin's new high-speed strike weapon, HSSW. And while the world was watching closely when the Chinese tested their hypersonic missiles, the son of Blackbird will reportedly fly at a blistering Mach 6 or 4,603 miles per hour or twice the speed of the original State Route 71. And this potentially unmanned aircraft will be armed and available to conduct high-precision airstrikes against our future enemies in threat environments that may be deemed too risky for slower, manned fighters. From Air Force-Technology.com the State Route 72 aircraft will be powered by two engines. That I, I've seen that and thought I saw a UFO in my life. I can, I can say that. And I, since uh, Jimmy uh, and Tristan were like, yeah, we're going to do this. I joined all these random groups, right? UFO groups. And I've been watching all these like videos that people post. And they, it, it is aircraft doing shit that is incredible, right? A lot of them look like this. Okay. All right, all right. So, all right. So, first thing, first thing that I got to point out, first, very first thing I got to point out. How come every one of these these giant these giant private companies, Lockheed Martin, DARPA, um, like well, DARPA's just, public thing, things like this? They no, are that, so no. the the videos that they put out are such. American is yeah. America is the best propaganda. It's not yeah, even funny because I'm going to tell you right it's now. It's a sales it, job too. It's yeah, a sales it's job. completely a sales yeah. job because there are devices and crafts of this nature and more advanced already coming out of places like China and Japan, you know, maybe in not Russia. a war, but just like, like to, to think that, to think that America is the forefront of it and that they're in control of it <laughs> well, is laughable. It's in aerial, in aerial, we are. Out, like, in every everything aerial, we are. And it's like speed capabilities. That was like my main point there. You know what I mean? The thing what? that scares the hell out of me about that particular aircraft is that looks almost exactly like the Dark Star. And if they give that thing the AI capability the Dark Star had, and you program that thing that foreign nation has oil, it's going to start dropping payloads on other countries <laughs> at wholesale. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Now we like, get the Terminator too. Well, like look at the original. Look at the original Blackbird. I mean, as far as you know, like you see in it, you know, everybody's seeing that in the sky. It's so, like my childhood. It's the X Men. So man. it was built out of titanium, and part of the reason why is because of the temperature shift. So yes. it it got to extremely high temperatures, and the entire frame actually grew and contracted as it can fly. Essentially, to it could go to, in theory that plane could like try to almost go into space obviously it doesn't have escape velocity but it could go to the top it's just there's not enough oxygen after a certain point but Fire. it's yeah it's an incredibly fast plane and that's what we had in the now, 60s no ask yourself this if it was like in the 50s or 60s and you were just some normal person and you saw this you might think you saw a ufo Going so and fast. The government, you know, they would, it's really much better for them to say that because they were in the cold. Like, yeah, it was aliens for sure, dog. Like, that was it. Like, it well, definitely Project wasn't Blue that. Book was a pro, yeah, Project Blue Book. They said there was only a small percentage that they really couldn't explain. Yeah. No, I'm deep into that. The majority um, was military, was US yeah, military. The majority of it was, and that's why they tried to take away their funding 
because uh, they were getting too close to the real projects. The government yeah, was trying to stop government from seeing what government is doing. If that's not a perfect synopsis of America, I don't know what it is. It is to an extent. That part is, of the government doesn't know what the other part's doing. And that the is of the night military intelligence in a nutshell. Yeah, <laughs> they're all beefing with each other over. <laughs> I mean, just just look at the war between the CIA and the NSA. So mm-hmm. we we yeah. the the Northam Grunham, um, and my God, the other company escaped me. But Northam Grunham and General Dynamics; these are big players, yeah. also in aerospace. Yeah. And comparatively speaking, the the Chinese really don't have anything. They're trying to clone. But they, I, I, because I've done research, like the Chinese barely have a rocket that can go into space, and their planes are just terrible clones of Russian planes. Um, so that's the thing is, at least the U.S. does still have outward supremacy of the. I don't skies. necessarily think that's a good thing when you look at who's controlling the the country. <laughs> I, 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 th- I don't think that's necessarily something we should be happy about that we have that that they have control of that tech. So well, it's it's more of like at least we can see that it's like it's more likely it would be us. I know the Chinese are really good at drones though. I'll tell you that. On drone so tech. I mean Oh yeah, they're getting good too. I mean, but you all right, you're I guess I guess my only and best example I come to when I'm when I think about Chinese fighter jets that are rivaling like the F-35 and shit like that. You know, you've got like the the Chengdu J twenty, and like, oh that, yeah, that's a badass. Like that's that's a badass plane. Yeah, like absolutely. that's that. And and so I mean, and and then on again, not on top of that, you know, like it's it's something. It's a it's a continuing trend that I've seen. You know, it's it in in like just just america period like it's always it's always where this goes back into like cold war and stuff and you i think this is going to segue right back into the spy plane you were talking about neptune you know the 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 way that you know they advanced on like these spy planes and stuff like that sure they did a good job on them and whatever but you you've also got the entire way of while this is going on, just it's constantly being fed to the, through the American propaganda machine or whatever, you know, that our, our tech is superior. And then you just, you can literally see things like drones. I think drones are a great example. Look at the advancements in the drone, like the drone technology going on overseas. Like you've even, you've even starting to get, you're even starting to get, you know, like fucking uh police police officers flying around on drone motorcycles and shit like this is actually real yeah. like the united arab emirates um has some of the most like sophisticated drones like that in use and they a lot of them are turkish technology yeah. um and some of them are like nightmare fuel and other ones are really funny yeah uh, you know what i mean like you can make full movies about some of this tech and I think you're right. It's not America is the dominant at all. But I think what America is doing with their tech is a little different. They're trying to manipulate their own people as opposed to expand their reach. And I, I, it's a weird take on 
on the grasp of this technology, I, I think we, where we are right now. We are actually currently the number one salesman of military hard. Um, like, imagine my in the world. salesman of everything. I am think about shocked. That. We I sell. Shocked. No, so this is the we crazy part. Life. Obama became the number one salesman for the military. And I then Trump, I think, almost got to his record. I'm not sure if he broke it. But yeah. when he did the $100 billion Saudi yeah, deal, he might have actually broken it. Broke so it. every president, if you look at it from this perspective, yeah. every president has progressively raised the amount of sales for the military industrial complex. Well, and it, so if it you, all, so they're salesmen. They're essentially the just big old salesmen. Was literally basically a contract with the surveillance and military app, uh, apparatuses to be the de facto government and it, this is what we're seeing now and it's definitely a weaponization including drones and especially with like the u2 so obviously uh this is a great opportunity to go ahead and uh, address the big elephant in the room obviously as i've mentioned in previous episodes uh the hatred between china and russia and the u.s goes back to world war ii absolutely and Notably, the development of the of that U two program, the the first spy plane that the U S yep. took in its arsenal, yeah, uh, directly correlated with. Uh, let's just go ahead and say it, Operation Paperclip, because so we got, so we talk about Werner von Braun a lot when we, we think of Operation Paperclip, right? Yeah, but uh, Hans von Ohain is his name, yes. and. He is the other one who was also very directly responsible for a lot of our leaps, technologically speaking. He was the uh, creator of that uh, German uh, jet plane that I mentioned. Yeah, that or, turbojet wasn't engine. Wasn't he part of the, the um, what, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm asking you, Neptune, uh, was he also part of the Bell craft project that the Germans had? Uh no, that one was rocket powered. Uh, Von Braun uh, okay. had the lead on it. He was exploring rocket powered uh, technology okay. while Ohane was working on developing jet engine technology. Okay. So obviously we got both of them. The Soviets got their hands on several scientists of their own who they couldn't acquire first. And obviously when the U.S. yanked those guys Ooh. and brought Ooh, them got- to the U.S., uh, a yes, lot of like, the um, like Francis Powers, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, tapping uh, like ta- tapping those guys, I- including obviously the the veteran pilots of World War II. Uh, for us, it was Francis Gary Powers and uh, one other guy. I'm forgetting his name, but you know, using those guys as sort of a crash test dummy, if you will. For the uh, for the spy for the for the spy re- spy plane research, and specifically those who don't know, Gary Powers was shot down over the Soviet Union, yep. and he was eventually traded back uh, as a prisoner swap. Uh, that happened in that happened in at the uh, checkpoint uh, checkpoint Charlie. I forget what. But they got the tech actually. But yeah, but they got the tech and uh, they got their hands on it. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> and, and, then they got another one, actually, um, um, almost 20 years, almost 30 years later, during the Cuban miss- missile crisis, they shot down another one. <laughs> yeah, and- that's right. They shot down. 
uh, Major Anderson. He was shot down and died over the waters in Cuba. Yeah, Correct. I completely that, forgot about him. That also gave him another chance to steal that U two technology because that was yep. another another U two that they had to tore down. And think about that. Think think about how much that U two probably developed technologically from 1960 to 1989, you know, alone, right. because they started, the CIA contracted it in 1954, not long after, you know, all the paperclip stuff took place. And yeah. it, it's not a coincidence, I don't think, that with the SR-72 later in that video, because it's like an eight-minute video, we didn't yeah. need to watch the whole thing, right? But they mentioned how they're working with NASA and DARPA on that project. Oh, and yeah. it's, it, we always come full circle back to the same organizations yep. in almost every major conspiracy there so, is and I, it's not a coincidence because i know jimmy doesn't believe in coincidences either do i it's it's just pretty wild it always always comes back you know one thing that got me about observing that aircraft so i mentioned that it rem it reminds me a lot of the Dark Star program, which was a it was a failed project done by Skunk Works in the mid nineties. Thank God. And uh, <laughs> the thing that terrifies the hell out of me about this, considering it is yes another un unmanned aerial vehicle, it is another UAV, is uh, if they were to make this truly autonomous, that scares the hell out of me more than anything. Because if they are going to proceed with putting a, a, a weapons package on this thing, um, I don't want a deep learning AI program uh, assuming direct control. And they already got a bidder in air defense <laughs> systems. I'm sure you're familiar with them. They're a big player in yep. software engineering and aero in the aerosphere of, of, of corporations. And air defense systems has that AI ready to go on hardware that is quantum computers with photonic processing units so i mean they're ready for it and that is a pretty scary thing to consider um the, i'm not the a thought of that before. scares the hell out of me i also know it's not going to go away but i right. just at what point did do <laughs> do we have to keep escalating tech that's designed to kill us well, you got to look at communication systems as they are now for UAVs. Um, actually, there was an interesting situation that was happening earlier in the in the Iraq War, and that was the drone operators, because the the, the connection was encrypted, um, had a very bad signal. So what did they do? Unencrypted. And what happened then? The Russians had special gear that they you could just aim at the UAV and you can list you couldn't capture, but you could see what the hell the drone's seeing. Oh wow! So the Russians were able to figure out where the drones were and what they were seeing because the government had such a terrible encryption protocol that the drones for a while they were unencrypted and people could break into the feed and see. They couldn't take control of it or anything but they could see what the drone operators in Nevada were doing because, and there's a good documentary at least talks more about the stresses of the individuals, but I don't think for a while we're going to have UAVs without human pilots. I think it'll be a very long time before we can fully trust the device because, you know, if th those machines get into well, the wrong hands. People like you, Luis, that aren't psychopaths wouldn't trust a device right now. Right. Cause you have a brain and you can use it and make good decisions. These psychopaths will be like, hey, let's just do it. Like, yeah, like that's how they think. Well, one thing is they think 
if it, what, what, what happens in real life is if the operator is not present or the connection's lost, the system will go into autonomous mode. Now, the difference is the question of after it goes into autonomous mode, can it go into a, and execute an attack? It That's happened, the biggest question. It happened with a Turkish drone last year. The, it executed an attack without the it, it, authorization it of the pilot? It was supposed to engage, and it decided to engage. I wonder if that was a complete malfunction or was a selected uh, action by the machine? We'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. They, They're not going to say either way they fucked up. We'll never, but I'm just saying, like, these people are psychotic enough and egotistical enough to believe that what they've created is good enough to unleash like that, as Neptune was pointing out. And they they will if they're given the opportunity. I feel it it might fail, but, but as you I mean, said, I'm about to say though the great thing about <clears throat> about computer chips and technology and shit is if they do if they do push it forward and just release it, it has a higher chance of just malfunctioning and being worthless to begin on with. its own. Yeah, no, I mean I'm just yeah, saying I mean, like in being like. Like not functioning to the point that it doesn't even, you know, it doesn't even function. Like, yeah, because they just release garbage. You got to say it has that just as much possibility of doing that as being successful. I mean, our drones have crashed and have crashed in enemy territories, and the self destruct did not activate. And that was so that's That's how the Iranians cloned a lot of drones. They got the drones from that crash site. That's a point of precedent I was actually going to make. So that's an excellent point, Louis, because that. I've I've thought about a lot in in the way that we spend at the ta- it comes out of the taxpayers' expense the record at which we spend money to fund and push these new projects forward on unproven grounds uh, without proper testing obviously we've ha- we've lost KH nines we've lost uh, we lost at least one U two. Uh, Gary Powers, the one that got shot down, Major Anderson over Cuba. SR-71s have malfunctioned and failed, yet, even though, yes. Didn't they, we use a bomber you know, in the e- east coast of the United States that had a nuclear weapon in it? Uh, there, was a, there was a couple. Uh, there's a couple that happened on the east coast, yeah. Uh, we dropped a bomb on our own country. Now, thankfully, <laughs> where is that bomb? Could you, you guys yeah, remember? One, there's, yeah. one, by is, one is by me down here about 15 minutes from my house at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. And another one is buried in fucking cornfields up in North Carolina out in the middle of nowhere. So (laughs) so I I, want to say simply, I this weirdly enough is kind of the reason why other people would say you are giving sometimes the government too much credit in relation to the conspiracy theories. Oh, that yeah. Some people are that organized, but these same people dropped accidentally nuclear bombs in different locations. Well, not and I'll say simply, there's shit. different divisions of the government. Well, not just that. that. I, was about to say, up I bet things. I can ask Neptune this question and he'll, and he'll answer it completely honestly. If I was to tell you that I was going to get these straps because they're military grade, how would you feel about that? Uh, you use that word like you think you know what it means. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> Mil- military okay, grade is the let minimum. Let me jump in something. I don't know, um, Neptune, because I know you know way more about um, skunk works than me. Like I said before we started recording, the yeah. last couple of weeks is kind of like my first deep dive into learning more about skunk works um, mm-hmm. specifically. Um, Ben Rich has, has said that 
the way he, he without directly saying it when when speaking to members of MUFON, he he met, he said to them, how does the universe work when asked how the propulsion system was going to be able to get fast enough from a jet engine to get into their new propulsion system to take over? And he said, are all points in the universe connected? And they said, yes. And he said, that's how it works. And so that to me just kind of made my head explode a little that means bit. They're not, they might not be using traditional so propulsion. And you, you know a little bit more about military tech. Do you think that, I mean, what do you think about that? <laughs> like so, I, I try to digest it and I can't really. So I, I think it's interesting, especially as we've been looking. So to your point about NASA, NASA has been researching new propulsion methods uh, to take us further into space for years. And while I think there is still very little information known about how the system works, this new ion drive technology is supposed to be substantially faster than any rocket based propulsion systems that we that we currently use. Uh, we currently have them aircraft. in a few satellites. I believe the so I believe the satellite that was used to go towards an asteroid used an mm -hmm. ion drive. So that system is supposed to be substantially faster. Now, obviously, it picks up. I, that's the way it works. It picks up speed and it can potentially pick up speed very fast in space. But I'm not sure about the earthly applications on the, based off what's publicly known about what's currently right. available. It can accelerate to very fast speeds. Mm -hmm. That's what's really that's the net benefit. Yeah, so I don't know how it would work in a in the long-standing application of trying to connect the, the the various points of of our known galaxy, or maybe yeah, because it the, sounds the larger... to me like Lockheed's suggesting without you know they're saying the quiet part out loud softly, basically yeah. that they've invented a new type of way to Damn. travel. And if this new Blackbird is that, that's pretty incredible. The thing that actually stood out to me in the clip that you guys shared uh, was actually in the form of the aircraft. So I noticed that it did have uh, running gears. And uh, with that in mind, the way it actually parks gave me the, 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 the question in my mind of, does that aircraft have the capability of being vertical takeoff and land now that Lockheed has for their purposes, for all intents and purposes, mastered it because VTOL technology has been a, a challenge. If you know anything about the V 22 Osprey and some other VTOL aircraft, historically it's been a disaster, but it seems to work well for the F 35 lightning at any rate that to me, suggests the possibility that if they are going to use that as a vehicle for this new propulsion system, if that is so, to allow it to move that quickly, how quickly would it be able to move in, right. move in, in the realm of outer space? The speed of thought is what it sounds like he's implying, yeah. and, and that sounds outrageous to any of us, for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's what they're working towards, and I, I'm not trying to, like, you know, be out of line, but I, as Jimmy said, I don't think there's anything new under the sun. And I don't think so either. And I think a lot of this tech 
was potentially discovered at so-called crash sites that were not crash sites, that were actually archaeological finds of ancient alien tech that our military industrial complex has gotten its hands on. So oh, up, he, in, up until 1933, it's probably fair to say no one really likely expected uh, the, the world to gear up for another war. But it is interesting because I think of the interwar period between World War I and World War II. We did not do a lot with new technology. And yet, as, as we we're talking about uh, near the beginning of this episode, we get into the formative years of the Second World War. And now we're jumping ahead technology 60 years almost overnight. Right. Really gave it, it gives me pause for thought as to what that was engineer, reverse engineered from, which is why I, 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 I posed that question. So what did you put here well, in the chat then, here, and, Lewis? Okay. When as you as you ion drive details okay. on it, the actual nice. physics Thank of you. it. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, Lewis. In three hundred and forty seven days in theory, it could go up we could reach the speed of light. Wow. 247 days of continuous propulsion. But again, there's a lot more math to it, but we don't currently have some of the technology to execute everything. But there's a discussion here that was eight years old, two months. And it's like the physics of it, like the math, the actual math of it all. And it's an interesting, if you want to dive deep into it, this is the ion propulsion top speed and the, like the whole actual scientific conversation about it. Uh, I'm going to look at that. Thank you. No, no, no. Appreciate the notes. And I'll make stuff. sure that I, you know, I'll make sure that'll be something that I share with with this episode, of course, but you know, but you are, you are talking about that because when you're sitting here looking at a timeline of this stuff, all right, you go from night, you know, 1939. And then with, you go from 1939 with some of these first jet, you know, these jet things that are appearing over there in Germany and then over here. And then by the time you get to the sixties and stuff, you've got U twos getting, you know, shot out of the air and stuff. Right. And, and, you know, since you since you have to put that into a perspective, you you say you start looking at all the different things that they've made, you know, like the Lockheed A-12, and then you can jump ahead a little bit further from that, and you've got the F-104 Starfighter, and then you've got the, you know, things coming out of Skunk Works facilities like the F-117, F-117 and then, That was you a know, cool one. And, and, and you've got all these different things that just start coming out, and Ooh, they also developed the RQ-170 Sentinel. So, like, yeah, I mean, this is you know, these are all these are all wild things, and they look stra- they look at straight out of 1950s science fiction, right? Yeah, up, yeah, up, up to drones today, you know, like the Desert Ooh, Hawk, and the Desert Hawk. The 3. Sentinel looks crazy, I swear, Jimmy. Yeah, and I know Sentinel you know a lot about well. comics too, but I did when you know back in the day because I'm old. But when I I read them all when I was a kid, right? The the Blackbird is isn't that Professor X's plane? Like, yeah, bro, that's Professor X's. Plane. Yeah, that's that's what he. That's literally. I know. mean, in real life, you couldn't do half the shit that, that did just in the blew plane. my mind. That just blew my mind. Like yesterday, I was like, wait, that's literally his plane. Sorry, I had to. No, no, it's a good. it's a nod to him growing up in the cold those war. Out there watching and stuff, you know, I implore everybody that's listening to go look this sucker up. It's a. It's a wild. It's a beautiful thing. Now imagine. But look at that. That's a spaceship, bro. Being ten years old, right? And you so see this plane doing weird shit that shit doesn't normally do in the sky. Well, you might think that's a UFO, right? So, so one thing about the B two that was interesting and most people might not know is um, it was aerodynamically a bit of a mess. 
it worked against stealth, but aerodynamically, it was badly designed. Yes. So the computers of the plane have to constantly correct, and the pilots that fly those planes have to have a hell of a lot of experience because otherwise they can't fly that plane. It's a really hard plane to fly. It carries so, a lot of payload too, but it's a really hard plane to fly. So wait, you're saying that the computers have to like help update? the pilots a lot. Wow. It's a computer assisted plane because otherwise that plane is unplayable. Okay. You I can look it. up on that on B2. This is a B2. This is B2. Yeah, yeah. yeah B2, that's B2, pretty awesome. B2 stealth, you're talking about the stealth bomber, right? Yes, the stealth I mean, bomber itself like had idea. horrific uh, aerodynamics. It yeah. was great against it, it. 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 I think it's similar. They said the F one seventeen was the size, like the size of a tennis ball, like this big, on radar. So it was essentially invisible. Yeah, um, that makes but sense. Until until the payload comes out. Um, da, 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 da. I'm telling you, I'm. I know I'm crazy, but I. I swear. These were alien crafts reverse. I mean, when you're a little kid and, and you have the idea of what a plane is and then you see weird things. I mean, those things are not visible anyway to the human eye. They're literally invisible to us at night. And if they are, you if it's a t that, you know, many years ahead of a secret craft and you do by chance see one, it's not going to make any kind of logical sense to anything you could compare it to because that's how our brains work. You and know that's what I mean? why Project Bluebeam determined that majority of the reports were just U.S. military aircraft. Yeah, but the ones that weren't, which I know we're going to get into in future episodes of this, are things that no matter how much you understand them, the more you understand them, the less sense they make. So I don't want to discredit. There is real UFO sightings out there. There is shit that we can't explain with our small human minds, right? But there is also, in conjunction with our military, they're trying to mimic. They're they're trying to make that tech their own, in my opinion. And that's one I still want to understand, both from a science perspective. And from a from a radio perspective is stealth technology is to me radar stealth is still science fiction to me in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and pretty much everything that 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 Lockheed has built here in the, in the last sixty years has incorporated uh, stealth uh, radar stealth in some way or another even a lot of the modern helicopters. Uh, that like uh, uh, that Grumman uh, and uh, Boeing have co-developed alongside cool. uh, the other major players. Wow, that's a big group orgy of death spots working together. That's wild. And 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 you know, like I guess I, I you know I guess you could start you know where where to tie in this in. You know, people are probably like, well, where well, where does where does like Area 51 and all this even come in? Because some of the first tests in Area 51 were done with um, underneath uh, what is it Pro Project Aquatone in 1955. Yeah. Um, and they were they were testing these U2s and stuff like that out there. And and this is all stuff that accumulated after uh, I want to get the exact date right. So you're gonna have to give me a second. Uh, right after World War II, when the operate when Operation Paperclip happened, which would be 
57. Well, yeah, 47. There it is. Yeah, you're right. 47. Actually, 47 through 54, because there was people that were that did serve time in different prisons across the world that slowly were released back into America through different things. I mean, we captured the first ones right uh, before we even dropped the nuke. So the main ones were brought in to build the nuke. But but part of you you, you forget that part of Operation Paperclip does involve the people that were brought in from uh, what is it? Unit Unit 731 over in Japan Japan. and stuff like that. Bioweapons. Well, and you know, that was that was that was that was actually, I guess, where I was going with that later down the road. yeah, we couldn't capture the nuclear program, and I, I have to find the documentary about the Japanese nuclear program. They disbanded yes. fast enough that they weren't caught. Exactly. Yeah, there is. I've actually talked about this on another show that I do that I know a lot of our listeners watch and stuff over with my buddies on the Red Pill Project. You guys can check that out, too. It's called Makes You Think. It's on Saturday nights, actually, um, live. But we, uh, but we totally... We, we actually talked a little bit about that because yes, Japan did have a nuclear program and, you know, even me and Neptune, I think covered it a little bit in first lightning there, you know, that they did have a nuclear program that did, you know, vanish. And it's, it's curious to know actually a lot more about that. But anyway, through the um, pulling in of all these different scientists with it, whether it be the NASA and the Lockheed Martin and the jet propulsion, there was a lot of interswapping in between them is in between Lockheed Martin and stuff like that. Actually, at one at, at a certain point in time, Lock, uh, the Skunk Works program just became a permanent part of like Lockheed Martin. You can actually go to a Skunk Works facility like publicly that you can go up to and stuff. It's in Northern California, I believe. Um, I, I can get you an exact. I mean, I believe they have like an exact yeah. like, location you can go visit. It's, yeah, and I shared with you there. a link to um, to their website where they like brag about, um, you know, it's just more propaganda and salesmanship, but they, they just brag in their own words about skunk works. Oh, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? That's like a pro- point of pride for any listeners or watchers out there yeah. that are new to this. It's a point of pride for them. And the significance really of the Nevada test range, area 51, 52, all the others, Indian Springs, all of those locations, all those Indian Springs. All the locations, they're real substantial significance uh, to the point of aircraft research in particular, is that those sites have been the home of where these aircraft are tested and have been. The Nighthawk program, the F-117, the B-2 bomber, the U-2, the SR-71, even the F-35 Lightning. All of those programs have been conducted there under secrecy. And I guarantee you they're working on SR-72 there right now. It would not surprise me in the least. I believe. Uh, Certainly. I was looking for, because I I read it when I was, you know, taking notes earlier for myself. Somewhere out there, it's about the, oh yeah, okay. You can, the Skunk Works facility is in, is in California. So like it's it doesn't actually have a place directly for it. It's near it's near, located near Burbank is what it says. So that's their old home office. 
Okay. And apparently, apparently they still have a facility there, whether it's their home, mm. old home office or not, that you can actually visit. And that is supposedly where they're <laughs> doing, that is supposedly doing where they're like doing like open stuff about what you just mentioned that, that, that new blackbird or whatever, like that's they're They've got like stuff on display there that you, you know, that's open information because it's a, it's a public company. But then of course you got over in like area 51 and or area 52 and or, even ones that aren't even on the radar because there's totally facilities that people don't even know about like that thing that things are being tested because you get into like all these black market budgets and stuff like that and you get into like paperclip and stuff like this when this stuff was happening when skunk works was originally happening you know when paperclip originally happened and stuff like that it wasn't it wasn't public knowledge you know what i'm saying like it was it probably had a handful of people out there talking mumbo jumbo that had no clue of what was going on and getting black bagged, you know, and get, yeah, getting black bagged and stuff. But then, you know, later on down the road, they, they disclose quite a bit of it. And that's, you know, that's why we have the tidbits of information that we have today, you know, like it's, 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 it's interesting to find the information. Yeah. It's, and I would like to point out too, to your point, Jimmy, that blue book, you know, tasked with, investigating ufo sightings yeah once they they decided they were going to tell the truth about military ops they had their funds pulled immediately but it was over it was like that's it this is it that's they took their funds because they 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 did discover some real alien shit and they were made a deal like we'll let you talk about that as long as you never talk about this other stuff, which was about to say, they they gave them from the first project of theirs hit was out was out like nineteen forty seven, and the last thing that they did was um, in nineteen sixty nine, which was you know the the I guess Blue Book itself, you know, like as far as like releasing all yeah. the stuff that they did find through Project Sign and the Grudge and stuff like that, which are all you know, parts of the USAF UFO project blue book files. Like, and and I've actually got a good link that I can share with on this because all of this is going on beside the stuff that we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, it starts to intersect. And when you, when you realize that it starts to intersect, I think the furthest point back that I could find anything about, you know, like the, like, these technology advances and stuff is when you find is when you learn about skunk works. That's, I think that, I think skunk works was the birthplace for a lot of, a lot of today's modern technology and, and more, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that was a a word for it. In fact, it didn't actually begin to be called skunk works. That was actually something people were mockingly kind of doing with it. You know what I'm saying? You know, because they, you they, hear the they reason overworked. Yeah. Do you did you hear the reason why did you were you able to pull that up? I I I I've read a little bit about it. Um if you'd like to touch on it though, that's fine. Yeah. But so was, I've go ahead. Yeah. So the the real origin of the name. So Skoke Work started under a pop-up tent because they had to move it off site because they didn't want it in their main research facility. So at any rate, apparently where they moved this to north of Burbank was <laughs> apparently just across the street from a from a plastics factory. And apparently uh, 
for these guys being overworked and the 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 stench of plastic, they said it smelled like skunk. Hence the name, and apparently it stuck. So that's where they got their name and their logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now, because now, now that they're their whole own company and everything, you know, it subsidiary they, or whatever. The, yeah, yeah, subsidiary. Like they're celebrating uh, seventy-five years or something not too long ago. Yeah, I, I, I was reading on their website last night, dude, and it was tripping me out. They're like, "Yeah, we do this wild ass shit." Check well, I, I wanted to mention on that um, that not only have they made a lot of breakthroughs in av- avionautics and such, they are saying that they already have fusion. And few like they're going to have yeah. commercially available fusion reactors. Yeah. And that they developed a super, super one of the cheapest possible solutions for desalination. If both of these things are true, in in theory, Lockheed Martin already has a technology that can save the future. Yeah, and guess what? The desalinization one, the, I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, subject, but it's just random. The the governor who's on his way out here in Arizona can't get reelected again. He's done his max. So he doesn't give a shit. He's doing shit. He wants to do gave the green light to test that technology in the East Valley here where they're facing. Good. I mean, you, the, and I the, think that the West coast neat. is screwed. They need to yeah, do everything. I think that's they can kind of cool. And they believe in it. I don't believe government. So fact, we'll see how it goes, but I just the federal thought, government are is forcing the seven states to make and make adjustments and lower the amount of consumption of water by four million acres per year. Yeah, that's the that's the, I believe that's the measurement, and they're supposed to determine this in a couple of months. The whole states technically in the a seven states, the Colorado right Pack. Right yeah, the Colorado right. Treaty or Colorado. I can't remember Colorado River Pack. I can't remember the exact term. And it's but, funny because their home base is here. So they're not going to they need the cover of civilization around these bases in Arizona, New Mexico, California. They they need the cover of civilization around here. They're going to they're not that they, it's too important for them. They, they need to recruit. They need to have. Well, they fly they, people in. Remember, yeah. in Area 51, actually, all the employees were flown in by unregistered planes because they literally did not want even the employees to know how exactly to get there. So they always so they actually flew in and flew out. So every single day when you went to work, you got on a plane, took a short flight. I, and then I, I, it's crazy. I used, I used to just take this. I, I didn't know how to take this when I was younger. My my grandfather was in in like he did construction work while he was in the military. Like he not only did he do like mechanic works and service work and stuff, but if they were building things, you know, a lot of times back in around this time where I'm talking like fifties and stuff. Corps of engineers. Yeah. They, you know, they did a lot of, they did a lot of work period. And he told, he was telling me, he told me a story. I want to say that it took place in end of 52, 53 timeframe. And he was putting some kind of technology that he didn't understand in the ground where the runways were for what is now area 51 so that it could be detected by like sonar so that the planes that they were developing could land and shit like this is this is like deathbed shit he told me and whatnot and you know it's actually my step-grandfather but like i i was you know that's all i had growing up i guess for a chunk of life so you know he was a big part of my life but i remember him just telling me these stories of all the weird shit he worked on from you know tanks and their engines to weird airplanes that 
didn't make any sense and shit. And this was just one of those stories that always stuck out that he was put in, in like 52, 53, he was putting sonar type technology in the ground that people probably didn't even know anything about, which I'm sure is still even used now that you can, you know, like you can see things on your computer aided plane, you know what I mean? That you, that yep. you can't normally see with the naked the, eye. This goes back into like stealth work, you know, and kind of the stuff you're talking on like that. Well, as far and, as and like that the, time period, the you think they, Area 51, what is now known as Area 51, those people were also working with the people at Wright, Wright Pat Air Force Base. Which back then, Ohio. if you guys didn't know, is totally Paradise Ranch. That's why we named it this. Yes. And so Wright Pad Air Force Base in Ohio has a lot to do with all these same programs. Um, it's, it's a very huge integral part of secret um, aerospace type ops that Lockheed, the U.S. Air Force, they all use. So it's kind of like the other side of the country's hub for similar activity. And it's worth pointing out. Uh, this is my last thought and I'll close out here. So the, the jet engineer, uh, Hans von Ohain, when he was recruited, so Werner von Braun and him wound up at two different locations. Werner von Braun wound up out in Sierra Nevada for a while and then made his way down to Redstone Arsenal where he worked on NASA's rocket Saturn V technology. Ohain wound up at the Air Force Research Lab in Dayton, where that Air Force base you just mentioned is located. Yep. He worked for the Air Force Research Lab. So it is very well fair to assume that a lot of the technology uh, that has been developed, notably by Lockheed, uh, a lot of that stuff was beholden directly to, obviously, both the CIA and the United States Air Force. Yep. So... That's no, you're you're that's my you're, final thought you're, on that one. You're absolutely correct, and I believe, I believe that's a great a great point to to uh, get ready to start wrapping this one up. As I believe the next episode we'll get more into paperclip and the people that were brought over here and the technology and stuff that they they developed together. Whether it be the stuff that's been done over here at Skunk Works and Lockheed Martin, you know, to the 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 development of NASA and NASA technology and the things that you know like Von Braun, which I'm not, you know, he's old as hell, but he does he did, he did he did do some things, you know, back back then and stuff, you know, like that that are questionable. But it's <clears throat> but you know this is you know this this company this group, these people that have developed this technology, they did such a short time develop and did all this stuff. And <clears throat> we've been so stagnant yet advancing at the same time. Like we're still making advances, but what are the true advances that they're actually making? Like, that's something I guess I'd, I'd like to point out and make people think about, you know, like we're talking about stuff that's been here. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff that exists and stuff that they're talking about publicly. So I could just imagine the plethora of things that are still under wraps. And, you know, I think that gets into like, uh, yeah. And I think that gets into a lot of the good stuff into like the, the project blue book and, you know, what, what that divulges into and stuff like that. I believe, I believe when we, when we continue on this paradise ranch, which again, I wanted to point out, that was what everybody called area 51 when it, you know, when it first come about and, and it was, it's kind of like an inside joke too, kind of like the skunk works thing, but like it, 
it all culminated into a lot of different a lot of different things in a, in a short amount of time you know what i'm saying like it wasn't it wasn't like it was you know from the 50s to our lifetime you know what i'm saying like they're from the 50s to our lifetime look at the technology that has culminated but we're talking about from guys dropping again i want i said this earlier but guys dropping bombs and stuff out of planes that were run by a propeller by hand to jet fighters and you know rocket engines and stuff like that so you know there's there's, there's, I feel there's a part of the story that's missing just altogether that isn't, that is either still disclosed or we still don't understand, or, you know, maybe, maybe we'll never really truly get all of it. I know Luis mentioned some of the stuff there, but I don't know, like there's just still, still questioning things there at how, how, how quickly some of the things advance, whether it be the fact that the technology was already here and we, they've, they've found it and hid it from people and used it for their advantages or whether it, whether there's always that theory that I had that Area 51 was totally where there was a advanced ancient AI deep underground that was like I'm handing, on board with that's that was what like I'm handing back with. technology and stuff for people to people to use because even though officially Area 51 didn't start until 1955, you can see things correlating and dirt uh, dirt runways and stuff correlating with things going on in that area that you know, what you you want to call it seven states or whatever that area of of desert and such it just not i guess not a lot of population so they seemed it was a the good base is humongous too the base, the base is, is huge yeah. Yeah. oh gigantic and there's other bases surrounding it you know what i'm saying like in different areas indian Spring, in the mountains stuff like that. they're in the, the mountains. mountains there's like it's like that whole area is a base like i wouldn't doubt if that whole area underground <laughs> is connected into one giant super in nevada they called the highway that goes uh, the interstate that goes near Groom Lake, they call it the interterrestrial, the extraterrestrial highway. They do. That's on signs. Like you know, guys, don't don't go showing up to Groom Lake though. Please don't. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, random, random thing. Did you all remember Storm Area Fifty One? I did. I <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought about that in forever. Twenty twenty is a That just got <laughs> turned into a. That just got turned into a block party. Yeah, it was a joke. It really was. Like, it, it was, was funny. Kind of was sad. I was. I was you had to do it in Naruto. Out. You had to do it like this. Like you had to do Naruto way. That those kids are on a watch list for the rest of their life. Because <laughs> some people actually did go. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like they're they're yeah, being they actively surveilled to this day. It turned into a somehow more disappointing Burning Man, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, it was like Burning Man, but a lot worse. <laughs> so, of course, you guys, you know, we'll share all the links to all the things we've been talking to this episode and stuff so that you guys can divulge into it further and, you know, read along and maybe learn a bit, little bit more yourself. Because, of course, there's plenty we didn't actually speak on that is involved in this situation. And I want to make sure you guys get caught up on this because this, this is some really interesting stuff when you can see the advancements in technology and and actually, you know, how good it is and the awesome things that we can do because of it, you know, like possibly saving Black Pill and stuff over there and and where he is in the desert with some water and stuff like yeah. that. Because that's, hey, you know, not, that's things all, that are great. Not all bad. You know, it's, it's exactly. It's always not. It's not. You can't always think of it as uh, bad. You know, some of this stuff can be used for bad. Don't get me wrong. Like that's that's definitely a thing. But at the same time, you know, if we can develop it and we we you know make it a thing that people can understand which is why i want you to research into it that so that you can yeah you know, maybe if we understand it we can figure out how to how to 
help each other with it and stuff like that. I know, I know Luis is big into stuff like that. He's, he's, we joke with him all the time about being, getting trapped in, in New York up there. And we, we hope he doesn't, but like, yeah. you know, but like, you know, that's, that's, that's a, a different, I, I can see that as a technology forefront. You know, you, you get to see a lot of things that me down here in the sticks, I won't see even 10 years from now. I don't think, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, Luis like, and I both live in a matrix. Like it's crazy. <laughs> The, the the illusion of civilization through through corrupt means right yeah. and and so you know you guys that's just that's, i think this has just been fantastic learning stuff so you make sure you guys check out those links and while you're checking out those links you guys get over there and uh, check out our sponsors i'll have all their links in there of course they've got uh some discount codes that you guys can use when you're going to order over there on all their sites uh kirk elliott peachy key and ammo can they're all they're all great sponsors and i appreciate them so supporting the show and stuff like that you guys also make sure you get out there and get you some of that uh merchandise that we got because it's always some good stuff that you could do and you could help support the show by wearing some of our cool ass stuff so you can get just about anything if you go check out the site there's a link on the uh, website on constitutionalawakening.com for you to check that stuff out and uh i'll make sure that you guys can get and find luis as usual because he's even though he's kind of become a permanent face around here he's he's still got some other things going on that you guys need to check out because he is a really cool guy and that's why i love him so much yeah we so, love Luis. you know and you thank I, you, you guys I are amazing everybody and we'll we look forward to the next episode of paradise ranch and uh, got a quick question, though, before we hop off here. Why do pirates only bury their treasure 18, 18 inches underground? Huh? Huh? Oh, I do. His booty is only shin deep. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have a great one.